Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Well, today we're continuing our series on overcoming fear as we journey through the Advent season. Today we're looking at the shepherds and fear. Is there anything that you're afraid of? Um, Snakes? Mice? Public speaking? I'm afraid of heights. Uh, I can do heights if I have to, but I try to make sure I don't have to. Um, I, I grew up on a farm, right? My, my dad, he, he would get up on top of a big barn. He would just kind of balance himself down the ridge pole of the, of the barn. I'd be following on all fours behind him kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of heights. Snakes, mice, probably speaking, yeah. Isn't it funny how there's just some things that we're afraid of? This morning we look at the shepherds. By and large, the shepherds were a brave group of people. One of the main roles of the shepherds, as you know, was to protect the sheep. Uh, Now, shepherds, when we see the shepherds in Luke, the story that was read to us and acted out by the kids, it's not the first time we see shepherds in the Bible. In fact, the shepherds are scattered through the pages of Scripture. Uh, King David, one of the uh, most famous kings, was a shepherd before he was a king. And when David was trying to convince King Saul that he should go fight Goliath, he told about his job as a shepherd. 1 Samuel chapter 17. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Now when a lion or a bear came to carry off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the army of the living God. Listen, when your job requires you to beat off lions and bears with a shepherd's staff, you probably should be getting danger pay, right? Yeah, it's pretty brave. Uh, they didn't have rifles back then. These were, these were brave men. Shepherding was a respected occupation. It was kind of like being a farmer today. It was respected, but they certainly weren't the elite of society. They were more like the salt of the earth kind of people. These were not the kind of people who went to palaces and got audience with the the king. They would have stood out uh, with people in fine robes. But at the time that our story takes place, the shepherds are out in their field. They were living rough, staying out overnight, uh, keeping watch over their flocks, staying out because of their sheep. And this is where it gets interesting for these brave, tough, salt-of-the-earth group of shepherds. Verse 8. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Terrified. Last week we looked at the angel Gabriel uh, appeared to to Mary, and the the Bible says she she was greatly troubled. Now you have these rough, face-down-a-lion-a-bear kind of shepherds. The angel appears to them, and they're terrified. 
They're scared out of their wits. Lions, bears, no problem. Angels, terrified. What is it about angels and these guys? Well, one thing that terrifies them is that the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of God is the physical manifestation of a characteristic of God. In this case, the glory of God shone around them. It was light that shone around them. John, speaking of Jesus, says in John chapter 1, verse uh, 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. The angel appeared to... The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. We find it hard to imagine a shepherd's world back in the first century. See, when it's night, you can still walk down Gore Street here as if it were daytime because, well, of course, there's street lights, right? In the summertime, you can still play baseball at night because we have fields that are, have, that have flood lighting and and so the baseball diamond is fully lit. We think nothing of this. If you go back to the first century, how did they make their way in the darkness? Well, they had candles. They had oil-based lamps. They had torches you could light with a fire. Uh, the brightest thing that the shepherds would have known is at, at night is a bonfire. So if you have been camping and you know that a bonfire doesn't produce a whole lot of light, so here you are, you have the angel of the Lord appearing and the hillside is lit up like a baseball diamond at night, and that's totally outside the realm of their experience. And they were terrified. Not only that, but in the middle of this light, the angel appears to them. The, the Greek word there has the impression that the he suddenly, the angel suddenly standing near them. The angel appeared out of nowhere right in front of them. That would have terrified me. I'd be startled. But there was something else about these shepherds. They're ordinary guys, right? And they recognized this being for what it was, an angel. A messenger from God. You suddenly shifted from just an ordinary guy living out in the field, keeping watch over your flocks at night, to being confronted with a powerful being who stood, who stands at the throne of God, and they were filled with fear. These normally brave guys were just overcome with fear. They were terrified. Remind me of the, they remind me of the Hebrew people in the middle of Exodus. Moses had gone up into Mount Sinai, and he had received the Ten Commandments. He comes down out of uh, Mount Sinai, and, well, God's on top of the mountain. The Hebrew children are gathered around the mountain. Let me read to you the story, Exodus 20, verse 18. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard a trumpet, and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. It says to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but, but don't have God speak to us or we'll die. Speak to us and we'll listen, 
Just, just don't make us go up there with God. Moses, you're in close contact with God. Go for it. We'll just keep our distance, if it's all right with you. You tell us what God said. Well, God speaks to us. Well, we're toast. Shepherds were terrified when the angel of God showed up. The Hebrew people trembled with fear at the thought of God speaking to them. There is something about an encounter with God that can be fear-inducing. I used to think that all a church needed to attract a bunch of people was the presence of God. If it was consistently obvious that God was in, in the place, people would come. Since found out that the idea of God being near attracts some people and repels others. People who are otherwise brave shy away from the presence of God. Here's my question to you. Would you like God to show up in his glory? Would you like God to, to speak to you? My guess is some of you would, some of you wouldn't. What if God tells me to do something I don't want to do? What if he calls me to go someplace I don't want to go? I like being the boss of me, and I'm not sure I want him to tell me what to do. Fear of God showing up is often two-sided. Par partially, we fear I'm not good enough for God. If God speaks, we'll die. Part of it is a fear that, well, that God doesn't really want our good. What if he tells me something I don't want to hear? Here's what I've come to believe. Most people, probably all of us, are as close to God as we want to be. We say we want more of God, but uh, we say we want to encounter him. We'd love for him to come and talk to us, especially when we're making big decisions. But the reality is that most of us are as close as we want to be. I, I used to blame my lack of closeness to God on a lack of time. Uh, time to pray, time to listen, time to hear God's word, time to study, time to, to do the things I know that would draw me close to God. Then my kids grew up. And I had a little bit more free time. Things weren't always booked three weeks out. You know what I found? My closeness to God hadn't changed, even though I had some more time. And then I had to take a good, hard look at myself. Was it really my time? Or am I as close to God as I want to be? And that started some transformation and change and repentance. The Bible tells us if we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. And the reality is that many of us want to get this close, but no closer. See, we're as close as we want to be, and we're like the shepherds and the Hebrew people. We believe that either we're not good enough for God or God's not going to be good to us. And I want what I want, and, and I know better than God what I need. 
What if God wants something different than what I want? Into that reality. Hear the words that the angel spoke. Verse 9. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that is cause for great joy for, for all people. For all people. Is this good news for you, shepherds? And this is good news for you, Asbury. The angel of the Lord, the angel told the shepherds, do not be afraid. And they give a reason. It's because we bring you good news. Today in the town of David, town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Messiah. Next week we're going to talk about fear and Joseph, but one of the things we're going to see in that story is, is, is what Jesus is a Savior from. Verse Matthew 1.21, She'll give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. He's the Savior from sin. He's the Messiah, the, the one who delivered people of God from sin. And this is good news. This is great joy for all people, including the shepherds, including us. The fear that we're not good enough for God, and the fear that God may not be good to us, or have our good in mind, answered in this baby in a manger. He's a Savior. He saves from our sin so that we can be delivered from it and be good enough for God. Not in our own goodness, but he takes away our bad and gives us his good. We also see the goodness of God in orchestrating our deliverance. And Jesus came into the world while we were yet sinners. And God sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this good, this is good. A Savior has been born to you. Apostle Paul said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm sure the shepherds didn't grasp the entire meeting, but the angels did. Verse 15, when the angels left them and got, and, and got uh, or certainly, suddenly, uh, a heavenly host of the angels appeared, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, whom his favor rests. See, the angels had the perspective of history. They saw the good of the Garden of Eden, and they, they saw the world, and it was good. They saw sin enter into the world, and with sin, death. And the destruction caused by death, the sin leads to death. But this evening, a Savior was born. He'll save his people from their sin. The perfect God entered into a messy world. The God of light entered into a world of darkness. Not only that, but 
we had rebelled against God. God was not our enemy, but we were God's enemy rebelling against him. But he made the first move. It was inconceivable to the angels. Mercy, grace, love poured out for us. But there was, there was right in front of them, Jesus, born of a virgin, placed in a manger. And the angels got it, and they were amazed, and they broke out in worship. Glory to God in the highest. And, and all over, the hillside was lighted up. And there's these words of praise coming from here and there. Glory to God. Look at what God's doing. Isn't this amazing? Look at the Messiah. Peace on earth to whom his favor rests. His favor rests on anyone who will receive this message. Doesn't tell us how long this babbling of the angels went on. But there was a whole choir of angels and they were, they were praising God together. And Well, eventually the angels left. And uh, the shepherds said to one another, they had to do something. They said, well, we need to see what, what's happened here. Verse 15. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So, so they hurry off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, were just, which were just as they had been told. The journey started out in fear. They were terrified, and it ended up in worship when they saw the baby that the angels had announced. And they returned to the hillside, worshiping. They got it at least partially. These rough and tumble salt of the earth kind of people, God came to them, and he was on their side. And the being in the presence of God was a good thing, not even a good thing, it was a great thing. And this was really, really good news. Maybe you're here today and you've been wondering about God. I want you to know this, God loves you, and he is on your side. And he wants a relationship with you. And he did everything that, that is needed for you to enter into a relationship with him so that you can have peace with God without fear. God invites you to know him. God extends your hand, his hand towards you in friendship. Yes, will you take it? To do that, you need to acknowledge that you have sinned, that you have broken God's laws. And you ask Jesus to be your Savior. Come in, save me from my sin. Forgive me. I'm going to follow you. You're good coming to me just as I am. Jesus takes you right where you are. Took these rough and tumble shepherds. He takes you. He takes anyone who calls on the, on the name of the Lord. In a moment, I'll lead a prayer that you can join in with if you want to give your life to Jesus. For those of you who are, have come to Jesus, Jesus says, I want a relationship with you too. 
not only extending my, my hands, I'm opening my arms. Would you embrace me? And, and could we draw closer together? Yeah, only as close as you want to be. But if you'll draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Allow us to, to walk and with each other. Become very best friends. If you've been putting that off, saying, yeah. But you know your relationship with God isn't what all that it needs to be. Would you examine your heart and just talk to God about that? He loves when people, his people, his kids, come towards him. Here's what I know. When you start seeing what God has done, worship and praise break out easily. You can go from here just worshiping and praising God for all that he's done and done for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the shepherds. Lord, I pray for any who are here or listening online that haven't given their life to you. If you're here listening online, I would invite you to pray this prayer silently in your heart after me. Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you. Thank you for wanting to be with me. Thank you for taking the first steps towards me. Lord, I take your hand and I embrace your friendship. Help me to get to know you well. Lord, I pray for each person who prays that prayer, that your spirit would come and fill them with yourself. Lord, I pray for those who, who do know you, but they've kind of held you at a distance. Lord, I pray that they would open up their arms and embrace you in a deeper way. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.